Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you. Worship team, band, bless you for reminding us of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, setting us free, setting us free. Amen. Paying the price that we could not pay for ourselves. Before we open the word together this morning, I, I want to uh, extend an invitation to those of you who would like to do this. You're here in the, in the room here in San Antonio, and um, we have an opportunity after this service today and after the service next Sunday, the 11 o'clock service, those of you who would like to, to journey out to the, the new building and um, you have a chance to walk in and walk through, but we're also going to be making available some little Sharpie pens so that if you have a verse of Scripture, a promise or a direction or a word that you would like to write on some of that red iron before it gets covered up uh, with sheetrock or whatever else is going to happen, it will be etched into the fabric of that building out there, the, the written out words from the Lord that are on your heart. We did that years ago when we remodeled uh, this building and the worship center here. And uh, those, um, these walls uh, behind the, uh, the texture and the paint have just almost been covered up with verses of Scripture that over the years have been in place. So if the Lord puts something in your heart, it could be the reference or it could be the whole verse, um, you'll find a spot out there. David and Connie Duro will be uh, kind of helping to shepherd the group. The sheep that may wander around would like to look through the building. Um, there's not a, not a whole lot of anything real fancy to see at this point, but you'll be able to tell kind of where you are. And um, as the Lord would put a verse in your heart to write, somewhere. We'd love for you to do that. We'll do that this week and then next week as well, after the, the next service as well. Okay? I want to just say thank you and bless you all for your prayerful support, but also for your financial support in these days of getting ready. We're about six months out, and there, uh, everything that you're going to see when we move in out there will have been paid for, as we've said. Uh, but there will be some things that as we are able to pay for them, we'll be able to add to uh, what we're able to have um, in, the, in the ministry uh, based from that location, uh, which is going to be uh, brand new. Uh, you, you may not know this, and, but, but it's an interesting fact that our utility bills in this old building in July, uh, just the electricity was $11,000. $11,000. Then you add water and so forth to that. We're going to be so glad to have this in the rearview mirror and not have to have those, um, that, that overhead in order to keep the building here going. It has stood us in great stead. We're grateful for all the days and every square inch the Lord has blessed us with. But the time for this building is coming to an end, and there's a new one coming out there that will be a fraction, we trust, of those utility costs. And what comes through here can go in more and more of its entirety to the ministry of the Word, the ministry of helping people, which is the goal. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we praise you for your provision on all fronts in all of the areas of our lives. And we ask that this morning... You will take your word, you will take your word and press it to our hearts. May your word burn in our hearts this morning for good, for life, for freedom, for instruction. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. There is a word that I believe we need to hear. And I don't know that this morning is going to necessarily be applicable to everybody who may be listening, because I'm not talking this morning just to folks who are dating Jesus. I was trying to see if somebody else might not come up a little better later, dating Jesus. I'm talking to my brothers and sisters in Jesus, who although we know we are not perfect, 
we know that we don't follow all of his instructions and all of his promptings, but down in the middle of who you are, who we are, is a desire to be pleasing and to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have accepted his authority, his authority over our lives. We're not trying to do a limited partnership with him or a joint business deal. We, we are desiring to come as best we can completely under his loving and all-wise authority, believing that he's the one who said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, and to his disciples, to us, he says, on the basis of the authority that I have been given, you go forth and you make disciples of the nations. You, you tell the world about me, and you're going to be going in my authority, in my authority, in my authority. There are some things about this matter of living under the authority of the lover of your soul that can cause you to be in the darkest night somehow filled with a sense he's here. He hasn't let go of me, that we're going to make it through and it's going to be better and it's going to be for his glory. I'm under his authority and he does all things well. To be under his authority, to be in agreement with his authority, may take you to a place sometime, somewhere, in some setting where he will speak to your spirit and say this, enforce my authority. You are in agreement with my authority. You have accepted my authority. You're seeking to live your life under my authority. Now, you are in this place standing in my authority, standing in the place where I want you to be, and it's time for you to enforce my authority to enforce my authority. Say that one more time. To enforce my authority. And I want you to go with me. Take your Bible, please, and find the gospel of Mark. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and go to chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. Let me go ahead and start reading. And on that day... When evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, let us go over to the other side. It was instruction, it was direction, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the multitude, they took him along with them, just as he was in the boat, and other boats were with them. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling up. And he himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And being aroused, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you so timid? How is it that you have no faith? And they became very much afraid and said to one another, 
Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? These men in this boat with Jesus were in agreement with his authority. They had said yes to his instruction, we're going to the other side. They, they, were, they were staying under that authority even when the winds began to blow. Even to the point that the boat was filling up and those seasoned fishermen were thinking, this is a life and death situation. This could be it. They, they didn't turn around and go back to the bank. They were still pursuing the last thing that they heard Jesus told them to do, had told them to do. We're going to the other side. Am I talking to anybody in this group that's in a storm, going through something that is testing your very soul and trying you down to your very core? But the best you know, you're where you are because you are under the authority of Jesus and you believed he put you there. And secondly, it wasn't just that you knew where you once were as to where you were supposed to be, but you're still there. You were still there. You're still pursuing what you believed was the last thing that the Lord wanted you to do. And all hell has broken loose. You're in agreement, and you're still under his authority. And the storm has come. <clears throat> I want you to notice again what Jesus said to the men after he said, hush, be still. After he spoke to the wind and the sea, he turned to them and he looked them in the eye and he said, why are you so timid? Why are you so shy? Why have you backed off? Where is your faith? In other words, do you think that Jesus could have been saying to them in those words, this statement? Enforce my authority. You didn't need to wake me up. The boat wasn't going down because I'm with you. You enforce my authority against the howling winds and the terrifying waves that are being driven by none other than the forces of darkness. You enforce my authority. Feel like I just have to say it. Have to say it. Have to shout it this morning. I believe some of you need to know that the Lord is saying it's time. Enforce my authority. You are standing where I want you to stand. You're standing with my heart and my will alive in you. And the forces of darkness have arrayed themselves against you, and they are trying to destroy you. Enforce my authority over them, against them, silence them, defeat them in my authority. Now, I know, I know some, some of us are thinking, I'm not, that's past my pay grade, Pastor. That's, I, don't, I don't think that, 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 that I could ever be worthy 
to do this. It's not about your worth, folks. It's not about our worth. Can we just take a vote and just decide by, by, by popular vote, if that would even help, that there's not a person in this room worthy of his grace, worthy of his mercy, worthy to stand in his authority. But he has chosen you. He has been to the cross to pay for the sins that you and I have committed, and, and sometimes even knowing that it was dead wrong, we did it anyway. But knowing that before we were ever born, he took our sins and his body to the cross. He paid the price. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. And he has said, not only have you been forgiven, but you've been chosen I picked you out. I picked you out because I wanted you. I knew what I was getting when I picked you. And I picked you anyway. Because when I look at you, I see you not in the light of what you used to be. I see you in the light of what my grace and my spirit inside you can turn you into. And I've raised you and seated you in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians 2. Dead in our trespasses and sins. But we were raised up with Jesus and seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. That our feet may be down here, but our birthright and our home, our true home, is in the presence of the Father exalted along with the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I want you to go to, to that Ephesians 1 and 2 passage real quick. This, this has just got to be background information, back, background understanding in, in our hearts. Ephesians chapter 1, the, these two prayers, the second one is in chapter 3 that, that Paul prays. He says in verse 17, Ephesians 1, 17, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, flooded with light, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he's brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul is saying, I'm praying that you'll get this. I'm praying that you'll understand this, that the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ is an authority before which no entity can stand. No human can stand. No demon can stand. Satan cannot stand before the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is undefeatable. It is undeniable. It is irresistible. It is eternal. Stand in my authority, Jesus would say. And then there can come a time, not after the storm has passed, but in the middle of the storm when all hell is breaking loose, when to your spirit, the spirit of Jesus can say to you, enforce my authority. Against the forces of darkness, trying to destroy your family, destroy your business, destroy your marriage, destroy your life. Enforce my authority. Enforce my authority. Enforce my authority. Some of us can have the sense he's in the boat. I know he's in the boat, but it sure does seem like he's sound asleep. Where are you, Lord? But what if, my brother or sister, 
What if, maybe not in every storm, but in, in certain storms, maybe in the storm you're in the middle of, the reason it can seem as if the Lord is distanced, that, 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 that the Lord is asleep to your cry, is because He's wanting to beckon you and beckon me into the place of enforcing His authority. Instead of it having to be Jesus to somehow say it to the storm, He's in you. He's alive in you. His authority is greater than any authority than any demon trying to storm its way into destruction in your life. And he's, it is the Jesus in you rising up to say, enforce my authority over this storm, over the demons that are driving it, over the circumstances. Enforce my authority. I believe some of you are hearing that, and, and, and some of you are, are having that sense of registry in your heart. Lord, I'm, I believe you. I believe that's meant for me. But I don't know how to do that. I don't know how I can ever do that. If he's speaking it to you, he's going to give you the ability to do it. It's not about how strong you are. It's not about how worthy you are. It's not about how well-skilled you are and that you could on your own stand the enemy down because Satan just laughs at us as humans trying to resist him or trying to reason with him or trying to cut a deal with him. But the only one he cannot stand before the only one that Satan cannot do anything other than give way to is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have received him as your Savior and Lord, he by his Spirit lives in your chest. He lives in your mind. He lives in your heart. He doesn't live in a denomination. He doesn't live in the Vatican. He doesn't live in Nashville. If you're going to find him, you're going to find him in the hearts of human beings. And he is there with all his authority. Now, if your life is real smooth, then this is going to put you to sleep. But if there's some category of your life that you're just aware there is something supernaturally strong happening wrong here. There is something supernaturally dark and heavy. There's something supernaturally confusing. There's something supernaturally strong. People's minds are messed up. People's habits have overtaken them. On and on and on it could go. Whatever the storm would be, but there's not been any way for you to cause it to abate. There's, there, there are personalities that seem to keep being driven strongly, and you think about the holidays coming up, things coming up, and, and you just you can melt on the inside because it's just another category of the storm. What if? What if the Lord is speaking to your spirit today? And he's saying, I know where you are because I put you there. In that family, in that setting, I put you there. And you've been true to me. You've held steady. But what I'm saying to you today, it's time for you to enforce my authority against the demons, against the darkness, against the brokenness, against the storm. Enforce my authority. Say it out loud. Not necessarily even to the person that seems to be so driven. But it is a recognition that the warfare is coming from the unseen forces of fallen angels of the enemy. 
and you step into that place of the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you say to the demons of hindrance, you say to the demons warring, you say to the demons of sickness even, the demons of, of fear, I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against you. I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against you. Not in a general sense, but get as specific as you can get. I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against that spirit of darkness that is driving this one, and you could name the name, or these ones, or this situation. I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if a thief is going to break in to a house and steal what's in that house, more than likely the thief is going to find a house that is not armed He's going to find a house where there's no resistance. I'm trying to say to the church in America today, I believe, this is the time where we must arm ourselves with the authority that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we see the enemy working to breach, working to undermine, working to come in, our families, our homes, our nation, our government, wherever it would be, that we are not asleep, that we are not without weapons, and we will utilize those weapons, those spiritual weapons, with great effectiveness, with great determination, with great effect. It was the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ that calmed the storm, that broke the storm. The storm wouldn't have to have ever quit until Jesus stepped in and calmed it. It may not be true of every storm at every season in our lives, but it could be true. It may very well be true that the Lord comes to us and he says to us in the boat being tossed all around, why are you so timid? Where is your faith? When, when, you, when you read of who I am, when you read of the place of my preeminence over everything that is, every molecule owes its allegiance to me. And all things have been placed in subjection to me, and they're under my feet. And listen, and I have been given as head over all things to the church. What in the world is he talking about? He, as the head over all things, connected organically, spiritually, powerfully to those who are a part of his true ecclesia, the ones called out and called unto him. That he is the head can direct us as to how to understand and how to view and what to do. And he absolutely has the right to say to you, my brother or my sister, it's time. You enforce my authority. You don't have to stand up and scream and holler and stomp and spit like I do when I'm trying to encourage us to hear this. Because it's not about who you are, it's about who he is. To call out the darkness, to call out the source as best you can understand it and to say, I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against you. There are lists, lists of examples of how the Lord has honored, has answered that expression of trust and faith in him. You, you may have a prayer partner friend. You, you, you may have someone that you know is in touch with heaven. But, but, but what if, what if this, is, this storm is so personal, it, it's so unique to you that you don't heed the Lord is saying, you don't need a third party. Enforce 
my authority. Enforce my authority. Now, that is, that is a work of the Spirit. The work of the Spirit. When we pray, Lord, send your Spirit and power to my heart. This is one of the ways he may express himself. That is, he, as he moves in power in our hearts, he causes us to get clear within our minds that I'm standing where he put me. I'm in the place that he assigned me. I'm under his authority, and I'm hearing this. I'm just hearing this in my spirit, enforce my authority. That may be something that you've never even considered before, but I'm telling you, the Lord is saying that to his church today. Those who have ears to hear, I've put you in places where, yes, there is opposition, because without opposition, there couldn't be a victory. Without something to overcome, you wouldn't be an overcomer. So I'm putting you there not just to endure it. Hear this? I'm not putting you there just to endure it. I'm putting you there to beat it in my authority, with my name, I get all the glory, you're the instrument. San Antonio's finest, San Antonio Police Department. They have badges, they got a taser, they got a 40 caliber, they've got, they've got stuff. But, but the thing that causes you to pull over when you see the lights in your rearview mirror is not how big the biceps are of the one coming out to write you a ticket, but it is who he or she represents. They don't even have to talk loud. They don't even have to do anything but just smile. They're just nice. They're perfect. But did they come in the authority of San Antonio, they come in the authority of the government. They come, they stand as, that's who you are in Jesus. You, you are enforcing his authority. He backs it, you speak it. He backs it, you speak it. But if we never speak it, but what, what if, again, what, what if the Lord is allowing storms, is allowing fires, is allowing things to happen because he's not going to stop it without participation from us? Because he wants to call us up higher and show to us the strength of his authority flowing through us to set captives free to break shackles, to heal, to mend, to restore, to finish what he started. There was a, an amazing teaching that Paul does briefly, but it's connected to other places where he writes. But it's in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. And I, let me ask you to check that with me. Go, go there, go there for a moment. Romans chapter 12, it was, I urge you therefore, brethren, verse 1, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. That's about surrendering to his authority being in agreement with his authority. I bring my body, my life, all that I am, and I surrender it to your authority, O Lord. But then he says, and do not be conformed to this world. Be conformed. These are passive verbs, meaning don't, don't, don't allow the world to conform you, to press you into a mold, to press you into its mold. Do not be conformed to this world or this age. But then he says, but be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, that the will of God, the heart of God for people is not something that is, that is bad or all the time painful. It is, it is good and it's acceptable, well-pleasing, and it's perfect, it's mature, it's complete. But those, that statement, but be, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The, the word to transform is that word we get metamorphosis from, where the caterpillar crawls out on the limb and spins a cocoon, and after a while, whatever's in it starts gnawing out the end of the cocoon, and it comes out something completely different. It's got wings and a few legs, and it's a butterfly or a moth. It, it, it's, it's that word that the Lord has the ability to transform you and me into something we could never be without Him. That's why the past can be sinner, failure, rejected, loser. That's a bug crawling out on the limb. The cocoon gets spun, and by His grace, working inside you, he brings a new DNA. He brings, and really he's saying, he transforms you because your mind, the way you think, the way you process, the way you assimilate, the way you choose, the way you determine, he renovates, he renews. He takes it from where it was into something less than complete, and he brings it, he makes it into something that only he could do that is the result of a massive transformation on the inside of your heart and mind. Well, what is that? What does that mean? You, you go to, he, go to, go to um, where am I going? <clears throat> Titus, the book of Titus, and he and, and he will say in uh, Paul writing and to the uh, to the pastor Titus, he says, but when when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but He saved us. Look at this: He saved us according to His mercy. By the washing of regeneration, that means bringing a new birth to us. And then he saved us by renewing, by the renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. The renewing of your mind, a new way of thinking, a new way of processing, a new way of assimilating in ways that honor the Lord and they're according to truth and life and what's best. That is a function of the work of the Spirit inside you doing that. So folks, when we say, don't ever stop praying this prayer, Lord, send your Spirit in power to this heart. We can add to that, and, and the, the heart is, is consistent in the New Testament with, with mind, emotions, and so forth. So it's not that we've got to change the word, but, but it is, it, it, here is the principle. Lord, send your spirit in power to my mind, to my mind, so that I will be thinking the way you want me to think, so that I'll know the things you want me to know. You see, if you don't know that you've been forgiven, buried with Christ, but raised up with Him, if, if you don't know that you have access, you have a, you have a place in the heavenly sphere, you, you, have a, you, you have the ear of the Father, 
If, if you don't know that you are a part of, a, of an entity of, to which Jesus Christ is the head, we are his body, he is the head, and if you don't realize that he will put you and me in places that are tough places, do have trouble, because he wants us to be there to enforce his authority. To enforce his authority. Some place in your life, some relationship, some setting, and again, it isn't about saying to the person who's being a jerk on steroids, I enforce the authority against you. I enforce that. He isn't the problem. He's the mouth. She's the mouth, but it is what is driving that. That's where you win the battle. It's saying to that hindering, harassing, fear-giving spirit of darkness, I enforce the authority of Jesus against you. You don't even have to be in the same room with the person in order to be effective in that kind of praying. Let me show you something. Find the book of Acts. The book of Acts. And Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Enforce my authority. Enforce my authority. Enforce Jesus speaking, the exalted Jesus. Enforce my authority. Verse, chapter 13, verse 1. Now, there were at Antioch uh, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, and they're listed. Verse 2. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said something. The Holy Spirit said, set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Folks, are you still open to the possibility that the Holy Spirit of the exalted Jesus may still be saying some things? <laughs> and and, and he, he may have some things that he wants to say to you. And it will be in a way that you'll somehow know it is him. <laughs> There'll be a familiarity to the prompting, to the nudging, to that revelation. But you're going to know. You won't be able to escape that something has happened that's not normal here to my heart. Set them apart to the work which I've called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they got on a boat. They sailed uh, to Cyprus. And um, verse 6, when they'd gone through the whole island as far as Paphos. Now watch this. They found a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the magician, for who that's what his name it has, name is translated, Elimus, was opposing them. Elimus, the magician, was opposing them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze upon him, watch this, and said, you who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and not see, see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and a darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed. Well, I reckon so. 
Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. Paul, in effect, was saying to the demon-driven magician, I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against you. It doesn't say that he stayed blind for the rest of his life. It was for a season, and maybe he came to know the Lord after that impactful event of power. But Sergius Paulus, the, the, the lost Roman proconsul that was the target of, of the ministry, that man came to know Jesus, and he came to know Jesus because the hindering demon was rebuked and removed. What if, folks, that there are people that you're praying for, that we long to see that 18-inch drop of Jesus from the head and the ears to blowing up in the heart? What if there are some that are being blinded? Paul was saying, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who hear the gospel so that they can't hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what if there is a part of our praying, a part of our stance. He brings it to a point in time where it is time to say, against that hindering spirit, I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against you. There is scriptural precedent, and this is one of the places for that. Paul dealt with the demonic force, and then the proconsul who needed Jesus was saved. You turn over just a few more pages to um, chapter 16 and verse 14. They're in Philippi now, Paul and Silas. Verse 14, and a certain woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabric, a worshiper of God, was listening And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. So they were there for a a brief season. Verse 16, and it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a certain slave girl having a spirit of divination, fortune telling, met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Now, the enemy through her was speaking truth, speaking truth, but it may have been that she was doing it, it was happening in a mocking fashion, so that it became a a distraction. Verse 18, and she continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, said to the Spirit, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. Well, the ones who owned the girl lost their means of profit as she lost that demonically given gift to tell fortunes, a riot broke loose. Paul and Silas end up in the jail. You remember that? And that's when during the night, they, they're, they're praying and singing unto the Lord, and the earthquake happened, and the jailer came running to, going to kill himself because thought all the prisoners had escaped. Paul says, no, we're all here. And then the, the jailer cries out, well, what do I do to be saved? Paul says, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your household shall be saved. So what the enemy meant as an endless distraction, as a supernaturally driven distraction, the Lord enforced his authority through Paul. The demon was defeated, and the jailer gets saved, and all kinds of great stuff breaks out in Philippi. Enforce my authority. Enforce my authority. I feel like I'm supposed to pray this morning for some folks who feel like this is hitting. This is connecting. 
You, 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 you may not be in this room, part of our streaming family, and if you're there in, as a part of your streaming family in, 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 in your house or wherever you might be, I want you to just do what I'm going to ask the folks here in this room to do. If you feel like this is hitting you, I want you to stand up and lift your hands up like this. If you feel like this may be the Lord saying something to you, you're not going to be unspiritual. We won't let you come back if you don't stand up, all right? This this is not about some litmus test of how spiritual we are. It's not that. But I'm praying it's the cry of your heart. God, if there's anything to this for me, I'm asking you to show me. Lord, here we are. Powerless, powerless unless we stand in your authority before the enemy. Lord, I ask you to speak to fathers. I ask you to speak to fathers, to dads, to husbands. Cause them to be refreshed in that understanding that they are married and they have these children because they did what they did, believing it was your will for them, that they are standing there in your authority, under your authority, and they haven't left. They've remained in that place. Lord, I pray for women, for mothers, for wives, the mothers of children, the mothers of children married to a man because they believe that you are the one who authored that and have done that. They've stood in the place of your authority. Ones who have businesses or ones who have professional pursuits. Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes and remind them and let it be rejoicing to their hearts. I'm doing what I'm doing. I've got this kind of work. I have that job because I believe the Lord in his authority put me there and I have said yes. So, Lord, I ask you now, please. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts in ways that we will know it's you. To cause us to understand where and how to enforce your authority against the hindering demons, against the fear-driven demons, against the demons of sickness and infirmity against the demons that would try to keep success and profit from happening in our companies. Lord, in the name of Jesus, give to us the ability in faith to enforce your authority and to keep enforcing your authority until either it changes, something changes, or the lift of the assignment is taken from us. In the name of Jesus, you can lower your hands now if you want. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we bless you and we thank you and we praise you that you will by your spirit renew, renew, make new, make new within our hearts how we need to think. Lord, will you forgive us in our ignorance of just thinking so small, that we're just puny, that we're just insignificant, that there's nothing of significance about us. When you bought us with your precious blood, when you've sent your spirit, we we are the place where your spirit dwells. Oh, Lord, will you cause the sense of worth, our worth in you to rise, to rise. Father, forgive us for not believing that we matter to you. Forgive us for not believing that you would put us in a place that is hard, that is tough, that is fraught with demonic, devilish assault for the purpose of us enforcing your authority for the victory in that place. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Now, when when you get when you when you when you leave this place, when you leave this place, even as you're standing right there, see the storm may be primarily against you. It's not a bunch of other people in the boat. It may be, but it may a storm. 
May the Lord give you discernment so that you'll know who that, who that is talking to you. If it's defeat, if it's nothing but failure, if it's, if, if it's hopelessness, that is not the Spirit of Jesus speaking to your spirit. And at that point and in that place for what's coming against you, I call out that spirit of discouragement. I speak to that spirit of hopelessness, and I enforce the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ against you. Coming against you. You don't have to take it, folks. You don't have to put up with it. You don't have to assume it's always going to be this way for the rest of my life. What if the Lord is saying, not with a mean look, but with a smile in his eyes and, and, and joy on his lips, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Enforce my authority. You see some things coming against ones you love, your wife, your husband, your children, friends, ones you care about. Instead of just saying, oh, that's just a bad day. I, that, that's just, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. They'll get over. They'll get past. What, what, if, what if you really are, are getting more of an understanding of this, that the reason that discouragement hits them and the overwhelming sense of whatever it is comes against them is because it's not them. It's, it's, a, it's an intimidating spirit. It's a, it's a force of darkness harassing them. It's a harassing spirit. I can't tell you how many times Shirley and I have had to say to each other, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Meaning that there's something coming against her. It's not just her. It's not her. But it's darkness trying to discourage her. And as a husband, I feel like the Lord's given me authority to wheel on that. No. You leave her alone. You go somewhere else to a waterless place in the name of Jesus. I resist that. She's had to do that for me. Authority. When it rises up, it's, again, it's not your authority. It's not that you become some big shot spiritually or you got some anointing. For, no, no. It's that you bow down beneath his authority. And there's nothing that can stand against his authority. Nothing, nothing. So when you speak his name, Lord, I'm enforcing your authority here for the result that you want, for the end that you want. I'm telling you, instead of dreading what the day may bring, you find yourself looking forward to what the day may bring because it may be just one more chance for Jesus to win and to win big. Lord, again, have mercy on us. Fill us with your Spirit. Speak to us by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, say to us what we need to hear. And we believe with that will come the ability to believe and to obey. Amen. Amen. Prayer partners, if you'll join me here at the front, please. And if we can pray with you as we end this time together, please come and, and let us just link up with you in prayer. And Streaming family, we, there's no way for us to tell you how much we cherish you, we pray for you, we're grateful for you for your encouraging words and the support, the, the financial support at this season is, has been very important, and we're grateful for the way the Lord's making a way for us. Pastor Walker at alamocity.org, if you'll just send us a paragraph of how we can pray for you and to how he's answering the prayers as those come in, okay? All right, so what are the, what are the three words? What what the preacher holler at for two hours this morning? What do what do you holler at? Enforce my authority. Enforce my authority. Under his authority, staying under his authority, and from that place, even in the storm, to enforce 
his authority. Hug somebody's neck on your way out and just speak the blessing of the Lord to somebody you may not even know and ones you do know. Good to be in the house, Lord. We'll see you Wednesday night. We're continuing on with the church that Jesus builds more along this theme. Look forward to seeing you then. God bless you. Amen.